We kick off hour number two. Today's the day, Chris. Get you some of them cookies at the Knoxville TV and Place Credit Union. I know it's uh, it's probably you probably get your whole calendar blocked off. That's probably gonna be lunch. <laughs> Pretty sure you ate those cookies too. They were delicious. Thank you. Knoxville TV and Place Credit Union grand opening North Shore location, uh, like West North Shore. It, it's hard. Uh, North Shore's a you know it's a long road. You got to specify North Shore Pellissippi Parkway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, grand opening out there. Beautiful new location. The Knoxville TVA Employees Credit Union. It's the official credit union of Three and Out. So if you swing in today out there, they'll be serving refreshments for their grand opening and doing a ribbon cutting, all kind of stuff. But swing in anytime during the day. One of over thirty five branches in East Tennessee. Always there to serve you and uh, great online options as well. App website. They got you covered. TVACreditUnion.com for all the details. I feel like it didn't really matter kind of where you banked uh, a while back because, like, everybody's rates were low. It was easy, but, like, it's kind of, you know, gotten a little tougher. So make sure that uh, whoever you're using is taking care of you. And if you don't know where to go, the Knoxville TVA Employees Credit Union has you covered. Big game tomorrow. Like, you can't. You can't. You can't lose this game, right? Oh, like, we yeah, we can. No, no, I mean, but you, but you really shouldn't. Like, it's uh, you lose because you lose this one. You're looking at losing three out of four, three in a row, and if you lose three out of four, three in a row, then you get to go to Rupp Arena mm-hmm. with a three game losing streak. Backs against the wall. I like it. And I know we've been we've been hurt by some other teams that were the beneficiary of kind of establishing establishing themselves as a certain seed and then kind of me making the tournament or late stuff not matter. But, I mean, I feel like this is the stretch where you got to prove it one more time kind of on the national stage that you are, like, deserving of a two seed. Because if you lose to Missouri, Alabama, and Kentucky all in a row, mm-hmm. I mean. Well, it would be Vanderbilt, Missouri, Alabama, Vanderbilt, Kentucky. Missouri, Alabama, Kentucky all in a row. You know, uh, your only win out of your last uh, – Six games would be the nastiness of that Auburn game here. You're going to have people seriously considering how far to drop you in bracketology. And mm-hmm. It could be a long way. And then, and then, when as you're beating, you know, South Carolina on February 25th, no one's going to care about you anymore. No, there's nothing you could do in that game to make people say, "Oh yeah, they're back. They yeah. got it fixed." Yeah, and and even Arkansas, Auburn, like, it's not going to be enough to get you back. You you. You need to win tomorrow, and then you need to beat Alabama or Kentucky at a minimum, I feel like, to kind of stay in that top eight nationally conversation. And then you can take care of business. I mean, then winning at Texas A&M will give you credit. Taking care of business against South Carolina will at least kind of keep the record trending towards, you know, pushing towards mid, mid-20 mid wins, you know, getting to the 23, 24 wins, that type of deal. But if you lose tomorrow, I mean, really, in all reality, you could you could lose the Vandy or the Missouri game. You cannot lose both. Yeah, we we hopefully got our loose out of the way. Mm-hmm. That would be very much bad. Oh, Dick Vitale releases uh, college basketball coach of the year candidates. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who's on the list? T.J. Otzelberger. 
What, you don't want to well, share the list? Oh, Barnes made it. <laughs> His second second name. It's alphabetical order. Yeah, you know, Dick's getting up there in age <laughs> a little bit, so and I mean they are really good buddies, so yeah, maybe Barnes a little biased. Otzelberger did make the list. How many are on the list? Twenty one. I will uh, say I said it then and I believed it. I was I was more surprised that Tennessee you know, beat Kansas, and then even later, after I said this, they beat Texas. More surprised that this team was – I feel like this team was overachieving early in the year. Yeah. I feel, I feel like the team that we saw the other night is closer to what they are in reality than the team that beat Kansas and Texas. And I think Texas might just be a good matchup for us because they don't have a big – Seems that, like it. That can really do much. Painter and Nate Oates have to be the top two choices for coach of the year at this point, right? Yeah, who else was on the list, though? Kansas yeah, Oscar, State's coach. Barnes. You want me to list all 22 names? Oh, no, I, I thought there might be five or six. I don't know. There's 22. 21, sorry. <laughs> of course, Dick Vitello just lists, like, most of the coaches. Mm-hmm. They are. That's why Barnes If you're was. in the top 25, you're probably going to be on the Never list. Never mind then, Chris. Yeah. Sorry. Kansas I, State's coach, Missouri's coach, those guys Charles have to be on there. They're on there. Okay. All right, no, don't list them all. No. You're sure? I mean, you can if you want I mean, to. I don't. It won't take you that long to read them. Real quick. Is there quick. a big shocker on you there? Probably that... just go last names. Just... Or all we can right. talk about I... Missouri if you want. Isaiah Mosley, Kobe Brown, DeAndre Golston. Six five six eight six five. I think my joy for basketball has been killed. What? Mm. I mean, I'm not saying they can't win me back. Really? I just, I just like I'm, King of the Nagel Tomorrow's Bones. not like a. All right, let's keep it going. Tomorrow's like a. I feel like I'm walking towards like. I mean, it is a nothing to win, everything to lose game. Yeah. I mean, you win it, and it's like, well, yeah, you were 95 percent favorite. Like you're supposed to win this game. Like I, I don't think I'm good. I don't know. Maybe there's a certain score. That I'm like, okay, I'm gonna give them credit. They 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 played their ass off. They figured some stuff out. Maybe there's some certain yeah. things I'll see, uh, you know, an adjustment here or there, Freddie DeLeon, things like that. But like, I don't know that there's anything they can do tomorrow that's gonna fix this. Like, we won't know until we play Bama. The crowd's gonna be dead. You already know that. We're just in dead. such a weird spot. I think if you actually did play Freddie DeLeon, that might be the only thing that could get them invested in Probably the game. too late now, though. I mean, I'm not saying that the ones that were there would be invested, but if you announced today that he's playing, I think most people... Let's talk about that for real, though. <clears throat> Is it too late in the season to really do that? Like, should that call have been made, you know, on Christmas? Or, you know, first of the semester? I mean, probably, but I... it's still possible. Like you could put him out there and just see, but maybe I don't know. Maybe he's not very good in practice. I have no idea. Uh, I mean, we got three weeks left of February. Hasn't everybody been saying he's looked phenomenal in practice? I haven't seen that. I'm not saying they haven't, but I haven't. That's what everybody. Normally, says. when Zach Kent was phenomenal in practice, JG Jalen Johnson was the best player best on Tennessee's player. roster, according yeah. to Josiah Jordan Victor James. Victor Bailey was dominant in practice. Drew Pember. So you never know. You never know. But yeah, that would fire up the fan base. You you wanna hear me say I haven't given up. I'm just not as excited for games now. I'm just sad for you. I mean, you were the one having to you know rally us to you know Hickman over here is ready for March. The ready last for March. three games will really suck the life out of you. 
Yeah. Like, I mean, that's I'm kind of in Houston's boat a little bit. I mean, even yeah. after like, were you excited after Auburn? Were you just pumped? No, no. I was in the boat you're in right now, Houston. Before the well, we you were in it. Water. You were in it before we were like losing. You were in it while we were winning <laughs> and and winning by double digits and killing people. It's which almost, didn't make sense. It's almost like I have a keen insight for stuff like this. This isn't our fault. I mean, they played so much better. Like even they lost to Arizona seventy-five seventy and played way better than yeah. they played against. They played down to the competition when they. That's beat what I Auburn. said yesterday. It feels like more it. people talked they about didn't, us. You, they didn't earlier though. Remember how we were like, man, they killed them by twenty or thirty. Or there's just more energy and passion when we play the bigger team. But we played Georgia. I mean, and we beat them by twenty-nine, and I that was think so. That's more about Georgia. But that was Carolina. so refreshing. South Carolina, we destroyed them. The team the last couple years has always seemed to do that. Like, we'll play one of those bad teams, and we'll slug it out with them for a while and then finally pull away. This team has games where we just crush Mississippi State. I mean, we had that stretch. Mississippi State, South Carolina. Even the Vanderbilt game, which was close for a while, it feels like we finally got going, and Robbins played in that one. They're Jekyll and Hyde. You just never know. What happens if we lose tomorrow? Nothing good. I mean, like, as negative as I am, like, I'm not ready to just throw in the towel and just give up for March as well. But, I mean, if you lose tomorrow. I'm going to be optimistic. You're, it, it's full on. If we lose tomorrow? Mode. Yeah. I'm sweating the game picks at the end of the show. Because <laughs> maybe, maybe it's got to get worse before it gets better. Maybe we, maybe. If I felt like we had a chance of changing things if they got worse i would feel the same but i this feels like it's going to be a let's double down on what we're doing even even harder let's triple down on our stuff and it's just i could be wrong i don't know I mean, we're playing like we're like right now we're playing like we were last year when we were taking on texas tech and madison square garden villanova struggling at guard play a little bit not shooting the ball well. We got it figured out last year. Might have figured it out a little too soon. I think the only thing you can do at this point is really give some guys that are sitting over there a shot. Like, Meshach, give them a few more minutes. Uh, That's not going to help you on offense, you though. You don't know. You can't yeah, we do. Why? Because he's not an offensive player. He has hit his last two mid-range jumpers, Chris. In like three games, he made as many shots as Ziegler did two games ago. This team feels like the team that lost to Oregon State in the first round to me. Mm-hmm. And that team was. You said you're going to be. Oh, you're going to be optimistic if we lose. I'm sorry. I mean, that team was seventh in the country, and then just kind of during the SEC schedule, just slid and slid. Well, they got up to six. They got up to six in the country, and then they went to Florida and lost. Does that sound familiar? Yeah, actually lost by twenty six. Is that even right? Holy crap. No, yeah, I told you. My yeah. Florida buddy was like, this is why I can't hammer An the balls tonight. unranked Florida team beat us by 26. I don't we think we broke 50. S- we were six in the country. We did not. It was 75-49. Then you lost to Missouri, who was good. They were top 20 team. Then you won a couple games. You beat Kansas in the SEC Pick 12 Challenge by 19 somehow. Then you lost to Ole Miss, unranked on the road. Like that, It's the same type of problems. You go to Rupp and win. You beat Georgia. Then you go to an unranked LSU and lose. It just makes no sense. You actually beat Florida to finish the season, and then that's when um, 
he played Florida in the SEC tournament. Is that when Fulkerson got yep. whacked? Yep. Yeah. And then you lost to Alabama, and then you caught a hot Oregon State 12 seed, and they just beat your eyes shut, 70-56. to And that was it. A team that had been six, number six in the country lost to a 12 seed. This is going to be the – think think about this. It's Friday. Yeah. The AP came out Monday. We had two first-place votes. <laughs> two first-place votes we, nationwide. Usually when we get to this point – like, we'll probably win by 20 tomorrow. That's typically the, the, the pattern. Well, we're a lot better at home, yeah. save the Auburn game. And then the we'll Kentucky probably lose game. the Alabama game by about eight. Probably go to Kentucky. It'll come down to the last possession. Who knows? Same thing with AM. You'll beat South Carolina. You'll probably lose one of the Arkansas Auburn games. And then you'll go into the tournament having, or both tournaments, having no idea how we're going to play. Pretty much being 500 your last eight games. But you Nifty. never know. I mean, they've surprised me both directions this year. So, that, I mean, that's why I'll be on the edge of my seat tomorrow. Ready Come to 6 o'clock. I'll Just- be. I'll be right there. Locked and loaded. Uh, We'll come back with more. Hour two next. Hour two continues. Houston made the point of the day during the break. I want to give him credit. What? This team. I did? This team. We talk about them like they're just bad at offense, and they are. But they haven't been bad at offense all season. They were much better more than ten games ago. Mm Mm-hmm. And while the schedule was was easier, it wasn't easy. I mean, you still played, you know, USC, Kansas, Maryland, Arizona, Kentucky, Mississippi State, Texas. I mean, all these teams are top 50 teams. Mm-hmm. Every single one of those is a top 50 Kim Palm team. But for some reason, the offense has regressed. Yes. And that's maybe the biggest red flag it's not just that we're bad at offense it's that we're bad we're worse at offense now significantly worse than we were a few weeks ago but how like and why is it because teams have figured us out and we don't do enough different stuff is it because we don't have a system that we know exactly how to run to precision to get the shots we want do we even know the shots we want or have we fallen into bad habits of taking certain shots and teams have seen that and, again, make us more easy Billy to Stats defend? Billy Stats our adjusted efficiency for the full season, and I'm, this might be off Bart T, I guess, but for the full season we were, we were ranked 58th in, off, in adjusted efficiency for the season on offense. Mm-hmm. The last 10 games were 98th in the country on offense. The you're whole, up, you're, for ten games, the last ten games, you're seven and three in those games. Your last ten, our effective field goal percentage, Chris, 
ranks 278th in all of college basketball. Can't shoot. Free throw rate. This is amazing. This is the last 10 games. Last 10 games. Free throw rate. Pickman, guess. Free throw rate? Hang on. I'm going to tell how many teams there are. There's 363 teams in men's college basketball. What ranking do you think we have free throw rate in the last 10 games? Oh, it's you got to be in the – you're probably pushing 300 almost because we absolutely do not get to the line. 354. Wow. Out of 363. Because we do not get to the line. We've said that all year. Like, how? How? How do we just not get fouled? Like, it's one thing if you, like, if, I just. The book's out. The book's out. It's it's don't. Like it's there's no need to help on the Ziegler because he's so small we can just help just only help on Ziegler at the last moment. Yep, and he's so small that the bigs can just go up high and not foul him. Yeah, you can. That's what I said yesterday. You can adjust his shot without touching to him or touch even, the really. ball. Yeah. Right, right. And then we don't have, uh, you know, we don't have a good, a great offensive post guy. Mm-hmm. The, I mean, typically the guys that create foul shots on the on the on the regular are. Guys that can slash and attack the basket and get fouled. We don't have that. Well, or we should. Well, it's fun. Like, we said this for a while. Like, Kumwa's not the worst, but he's more of a finesse post guy. Mm -hmm. He would rather shoot the little jumper than kind of go in and lower his shoulder. But then Eurosh, who does that, can't make free throws. Right. So we don't want him in there if he he can't just take somebody because if he gets fouled, he's going to go to the free throw line and miss him. Kumwa doesn't do anything to get to the free throw line. And really, if I mean, and then we don't have a guy who attacks the basket, other than Julian Phillips, who does it once a game, usually in the first two minutes, and then doesn't do it again. And I'm not blaming him for that. I'm saying we designed something for him going to or at the basket. He usually makes a shot, gets fouled, and makes his free throws, or he, well, that's what he does, and then he just disappears the rest of the game. You're dead. But last, he plays great defense. You're dead last in the conference. Well. A free a free throw rate on Kimpom. This is a different metric for the season. So that was the last ten games on like Barty for the season on Kimpom. You're two hundred tenth in the country free throw rate. Mm. Like that's just not winning basketball. Like that no. you're not going to be a top eight team when you're outside the top two hundred at free throw rate. Right. Because what that does is it puts so much pressure on making shots. Yes. There's no freebies, yeah. and also. I mean, I know we've played against some teams that shoot a lot of free throws, but like when you go to the line, that's a little bit of a breather for everybody else and the guys shooting. Like you're not, you get what forty five seconds where you're not sprinting up and down the floor. The clock's not running, but you're getting that. Let me catch my breath. Let me let me think about what I'm supposed to be doing. Like you get a little bit of time. Like we just this team. And gets when you're no... at the line, it feels better than when the other team's standing there. Sure, at the line. sure. It feels like it's a positive. It's a little boost of serotonin. Oh, we're yeah. at the line. We we, we attacked. Them. We got something done. They yeah. picked up a foul. Right. right. It's all those things. Alas. Hmm. All right. Back to the Big Orange Philly phone lines. We got Danny up next. What's up, Danny? You're on three and out. Hey guys. Good morning. How are you guys doing? Good man. Morning. Yeah, I wanted to. Um, I wanted to talk. Second time calling in, man. I need to call in more. But you guys have a lot of good callers, so it it, it makes a. Uh, Got to really up your game if you're going to call into this. Don't show. be intimidated. <laughs> shoulders, <laughs> head up, shoulders back, Danny. Let's go. 
Shoot, I will say shoot this. with confidence. <laughs> the, uh, the first time I called in was right before the first Tennessee game with Josh Heupel, and I asked um, what was going to be a stronger emotion for the season watching Tennessee football. Was it going to be the, the excitement and happiness of having a great offense, or was it going to be the frustration of the defense? And everybody said happiness of offense. And um, I think you guys may have been right. I, I was kind of the neg of all saying the frustration of no defense. And I almost called you after the South Carolina game, but I just figured I you know, <laughs> would let it go. But anyway, no, I wanted to, um, I wanted to give a shout-out for a new holiday that I propose. Okay. I think it needs to be February 9th which is the day after the Vanderbilt debacle. And I think we need to we could maybe we could use the acronym like um H V D Hickman Vindication Day. Oh God. <laughs> right? Is he not a like I, I'm forty eight. I could probably be his dad, I guess. Um but he's wise beyond his years. He's no. a prophet. He's been telling us about Rick Barnes, right? Danny, is your last name Hickman by chance? <laughs> no, 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 no. He he's been to Matter of fact, when the first time I called in, you guys said I think that was Danny White incognito. I don't know, um, but no, for real. I mean, yeah, Danny White would love Hickman. Yeah, <laughs> he's 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 been uh, he's been preaching this. He's like mm. a prophet, wise beyond his years. Yeah. I um, I don't know. I you know I played basketball in uh, back in the middle school and early high school in here in Knoxville in the early nineties, and I mean Rick Barnes' offense is nothing more than what we were running in the early 90s, except with some ball screens added in. I mean, am I wrong? I'm, I'm not an expert. No, no, I was actually renamed. I was I was renaming the plays uh, in a group there we have that Tennessee was running two games ago. And one was so – one was like right out of the JV playbook that I used to – when I was assistant boys coach at Beard and High School, I was like, oh, yeah, we used to call that 32 because, you know, it's three out, two in motion. Like, all right. Right. Pass the horn. Pass the wing. uh, Screen away. Pass from the wing to the top. Back screen. Replace. All right. There we go. Nice. I don't know where I don't know where I heard this or read this, but um, it's it's pretty telling. Um, I I don't know if you guys have watched. Don't get me wrong, and I hate to use the word hate, but I I hate Alabama. But I've I've watched them some, uh, you know, just to see what was up. Um, I've been really impressed since Nate Oates has been there. And his the way he runs his offense in practice on their practice floor, he has areas painted areas on their practice floor, evident a court evidently. Um, and I, I don't know if it's how how far down within the lane it is. I don't know if it's just like the protected uh, charge block arc or or where it is. But he has a he has an area painted down right up next to the basket, and then. You, you can shoot a three. And so when they're scrimmaging and when they're running offense, if you shoot a three, it's three points. If if you're in that area where you're basically dunking layup or, or just laying it in, it's two points. If you pull up for an eight or a ten foot jumper, you get a point. And he's a, he's a statistics guy, right? He's yep. like mm-hmm. a math. Yep. So, like he's obviously looked into this, and now analytics even show – you know, every time Tennessee pulls up one of those Josiah Jordan James jumpers or somebody pulls up the elbow, I'm just like, uh, and then when it goes in, I mean, I'm elated, but you just can't, that's not something that's going to carry you as an offense. 
because you're gonna, every team's going to have off shooting nights. So you got to find the guy who's hot on three, and you got to figure out a way to work it down. And, and I'll I'll end it with this: this is the we have no one who can drive the bucket, and it's nope ridiculously frustrating. I mean, Kennedy Chandler did it, and and we had Keon did it. Jaden didn't even really do it all that much. It was mainly like the Keon show and Kennedy Chandler. But it's like I expected. Okay, well we've got this five star, this you know four or five star Julian Phillips is a possible one and done is what they were talking about. Um, you know, and I'm like, man, this guy, surely this guy can. And I, you would think in development from Josiah Jordan James being a four-star, a high four-star coming out of, like, at this point in his career, that he would be able to, to dri- just drive the lane and create, you know, baskets and get to the basket, get fouled, get the ball up, whatever. We don't do it. We can't mm-hmm. do it. We have no one who can do it. It's just it's beyond frustrating. Yeah, thanks for the call, Danny. Call back any time now. <clears throat> I can't believe you're paying your dad to call the show, Hickman. Jeez Louise. I thought I'd seen it all. Yeah. Ah, Danny's young. My dad's like 63. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he makes a good point, though. It's not just that we can't drive the basketball. It's that that's the way you score in the modern game. Yeah, we just don't. Like, And we just don't. And Like, Phil... Phillips tries and he uh, – if you're that slight mm-hmm. but that athletic, shouldn't he be the guy driving in there and getting fouled every time? Yeah. Going to the line? Yeah. He's so long. Is it because – like does Rick Barnes say like don't sh- do not do that because if you don't get fouled and miss the shot, it's a bad shot? Like I don't, I don't understand why you wouldn't want him to go attack and try to get fouled. I mean he should shoot – Eight free throws a game. Well, I feel like they're telling him that. I feel like they're telling him to drive and attack and shoot more. But they but they're not they're obviously not giving him the tools to be able to to actually have the confidence to do it. Mm-hmm. And that's on coaching. It just is. There's no other way to say it. it. You're either coaching it or allowing it to happen. Right now we're allowing our guys to, to not know when and how to try and attempt to shoot. Yeah. And they're definitely not getting to the free throw line. One of the worst teams in all of college basketball. Nope. And you, and you can't be you can't be a top eight team. Not doing basic things. It's just it's just mind numbing. But that's where we are. All right. Uh, more hour two. If you want to weigh in, eight six five five four six eighty two hundred is the number to join the program. Hour 2 continues live from the White Claw Hard Seltzer Studios, Fan Run Radio. I was thinking about some of these sets. Like, Tennessee has started running like a five-out set. We're just not very good at it. Like, we've started opening the floor more. But, like... It'd be be nice if we had somebody who could attack the basket. Yeah. I mean, Zakai can, but the book's just out on him. I mean, you heard it on TV. It was on television. Bruce Pearl saying, do not help. The fives can help at the last minute. Mm-hmm. Stay on your guy. And what's crazy about that is I feel like if a team's doing that, then whoever has the ball has just got to go score. If, if, Scoring if, is good. If people aren't going to help, then just just take him. Yeah? We don't have anyone that can do that. 
That's what made Kennedy so good. His quickness and his jumping ability. He could get by someone, and even though he was only, you know, six foot tall, when he, or I guess he's listed at like six one, six two, but he could fly. I mean, I think I think the players are good for what they are, but we just don't have the personnel to do certain things. Long, lanky, and athletic has an NBA athletic pop to him. Has a good feel for the game and a knack for coming up with the basketball. Outside shot is developing and expected to be reliable from beyond the arc. Good with the ball in the open court. Straight line driver who can deliver a pass on the move. Very effective going to his left and effective and effective finishing with his left. High potential prospect who needs to gain weight and strength. NBA projected first rounder. Comparison, Corey Brewer, the Los Angeles Lakers. That's what Jerry Meyer, director of basketball scouting, wrote about Julian Phillips in 2020. Corey Brewer? I can kind of see it, actually. Corey Brewer had handles, man. Yeah. And yeah. He was a little faster, I thought, Julian too. Phillips doesn't finish with his right hand for us, much less his left hand. Mm-hmm. And he's, anything but a pro-looking player right now. Yeah. I mean, he's 6'8". He's going to be a two-, three-year player. Maybe not here though. Yeah, I, I, uh, I don't know. I mean, what? I'm just saying. No, I mean, I, I didn't say that you were wrong. I just made a noise. Yeah, it was like a whoa. <laughs> I mean, it seems like Rick Barnes does a pretty good job keeping the guys that he that actually are getting to play. Let's play. Yeah. So I don't think you'll have to worry about him leaving. But not for the NBA. <laughs> Stop being negative, Chris. I'm just saying, like. I, I don't think he transfers. He's he looked at Drew Pember. He's like, wow, that guy left to drop 48. Maybe I could do that. He's strong physical combo guard. He has strong chiseled frame with wide shoulders and good length. I know who this is. Good all-around athlete, although just average speed. A physical driver that looks to attack, <laughs> but does so with his head up, looking to create for others. Plays at a good pace and does a nice job of changing speeds. He is a fine finisher at the rim, and his strength comes into play here. He's comfortable pulling up for mid-range jump shots, but his long-range shot is an area he'll need to improve the most. On defense, he can uh, defend multiple uh, positions, and there's significant upside on this end. To go with the long-range shooting, other areas for growth include ball handling, valuing the ball more, and shooting on the move. He projects as a potential late first-round draft pick, Although there's good upside here if he continues to develop. Pause. Hickman, do you know who that is? Josiah? Yeah. Yeah. I was, it's hard to read because he kept saying Josiah or James. Like, mm-hmm. Who was his NBA comp? Troy Brown of the Washington Wizards. Now, mm-hmm. remember, this was written nope. in 2018, so mm-hmm. I think that's five years ago. <laughs> I think he plays for the Lakers. <laughs> He's getting one star a year. He is a fine finisher at the rim. Okay. He doesn't even shoot at the rim. Hardly ever, right? <laughs> he could be fine. We've just never seen it. No, I no, I think we miss I think I think we misevaluated Josiah Jordan James. Or or maybe we didn't. Maybe we liked him, but we thought we'd get other guys that could score with him. Mm-hmm. And for all the like Kevin Punter changed his shot, like why didn't we like, hey, let's this offseason, Josiah, you're going to learn how to drive the basketball and just dunk on people, get fouled, go to the line. He makes all his free throws. 
He's like, a good free throw shooter. The, the, the best thing he could do is get to the line. It's like we don't develop offensive guys unless they're like well, of course Williams, post guy. I mean, there's been a a little bit like Adu has a you know he's, he's stepped out and hit some threes, but I say a, I'm saying a very like a little bit. Yeah, I mean Vescovy has. I mean, you could argue he's regressed. We did this one day. Most of the shooting percentages as guys are at Tennessee go down. Mm-hmm. How was that possible? I have no idea. That is the, just the most dumbest thing ever. Like, can you imagine if Josh Heupel, every time he got a quarterback, his best year was his first year? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, his stats always go down? Yeah. But you can't criticize Rick Barnes for that because, you know, he's on Dickie V. But that's he's what like I'm saying. But is, is that, like, because we just let the same guy do the same thing over and over? We don't. How do you become a worse shooter? It makes no sense. It doesn't. Uh, you lose your confidence. Yeah. I mean, that's... It's not, it's not a bad thought. I mean, it, yeah, that makes no sense. Guys, the only guys that have gotten better shooting the basketball here are guys that came in being terrible shooters. Right. That's it's just it's super frustrating. And then some. It's looking at um. Well, we can dive yeah. into it more later. Yeah. We'll come back. Final segment. Hour two next.